Hey, thanks for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Before you get into it, I would greatly appreciate if you drop a five-star review or one star if you really, really don't like it. Uh, Just drop a review wherever you're listening. It helps me know what I'm doing well, what I need to change about this podcast, and it helps people find the podcast. So go drop that review. And as always, this show is sponsored by Prize Picks. When you download Prize Picks using promo code PROFIT, they will match your initial deposit when you bet on overs and unders for players' games or season totals. They will match that initial deposit and you'll be entered in the giveaway. The first giveaway is a Josh Allen 9.5 graded rookie select card. Worth a lot of money. Great giveaway. So go check that out as well. And without further ado, here's the podcast. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host, Calvin Wright. Everybody, welcome back to the Profit Podcast. How is it going? It is Tuesday, July 19th, and as promised, we've got Sleepers Part 2. I will be going over the next five, I actually think six, Sleepers. Yesterday, or not yesterday, but the last podcast, we went over Trey Lance, Jameis Winston, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Devin Singletary. Those were the Sleepers. And Tyler Algier. Can't forget him. Pretty high on him. Today we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more sleepers. So a great show today. As always, I only make these podcasts when I feel that I have something important to say. Something that I'm not seeing on TikTok. Something that I'm not seeing on every other podcast every single day. Part of what my job is, is listening to tons of fantasy football advice and podcasts, because that makes it so that I can say, hey, there's one player that I'm really high on and think that I have really good reasoning for. I'm not seeing anyone else talk about. Therefore, I need to get the word out there. Then there are players that I don't really talk about that much because, well, everyone else is. Kyle Pitts. Love him. But I don't have anything new to add the conversation surrounding Kyle Pitts. So that's usually how I make these podcasts, especially before the season starts. Once we get into the fantasy football season, it's just a Monday. We go over what happened yesterday. Wednesday, we go over who you need to trade for, pick up, all that stuff. Friday, we go over starts and sits and booms of the week. Really important and exciting news coming up as well. The Profit Approved podcast is coming up very soon. In just one or two weeks, the profit approved list is bigger and better than it's ever been. One, two, three, four, five quarterbacks are on the list. One, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven running backs. And two tight ends appear on the profit approved list this season. So you will not want to miss that. Some of them are pretty high draft picks that a lot of people like. And then some of them are a lot lower kind of sleepers, but sleepers that I'm incredibly confident in. Before we get into the first sleeper, I actually want to do something that I heard on another podcast. I want you to set an objective for this podcast. What do you want to learn from this? Do you just want the list of sleepers? Do you want to learn how I evaluate players in fantasy? Or... Would you like to know which players to avoid? A lot of people on TikTok make fun of me and say, oh, whenever he makes a podcast, 
I know what players to avoid. Set objective, set a goal. My goal is to give you my opinion with decent research backing it up. I will say a lot of my research is just the eye test and following trends of drafts. Um, advanced analytics, they matter. But in fantasy football, it's not the end-all be-all. A lot is just trends, patterns, history tends to repeat itself in fantasy football. So that's kind of the method I go with. So anyways, let's jump into the very first sleeper on part two of the Sleeper Podcast. Russell Gage being drafted 10-06, mid of the 10th round. Tom Brady has not slowed down. I I have no reason to bet against him. I've been on the wrong end of betting against Tom Brady before. What has slowed down, though, are his weapons. He's lost Gronk, obviously Antonio Brown at the end of last season, and Chris Godwin most likely will not be ready by week one. He should have a pretty underwhelming season, actually, I think, all things considered, with that late ACL tear. Tragic for him. I love Godwin, but uh, that's just what it is. I think... Evans, he's obviously going to be the bona fide wide receiver one, and I actually think right now he is being underrated. He could easily catch 12 touchdowns this season with Gronk gone and Leonard Fournette weighing in at 260 pounds. But Russell Gage should have a fantastic season too. I expect Gage to easily cross 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. I'm lowballing the touchdowns. He doesn't seem like that red zone threat. But I think that he could easily see 130 targets. Top 10 in targets, I think, is very plausible for Russell Gage in this offense. And I think in that 10th round, he's an incredible pick. Now, there's a trend to this podcast is that basically I love the wide receivers in the 10th round. Uh, But Russell Gage, I haven't seen a lot of people, the fantasy footballers, they've brought him up a few times. But I haven't seen anyone on TikTok or really Twitter, for that matter, talk that much about Russell Gage. A few things like, hey, he's going to be sleeper, but but no one sat down and said, hey, he could be Tom Brady's, or no, he will most likely be Tom Brady's wide receiver too, which in the past has been very valuable, especially on this sort of offense. So Russell Gage, I think, is being slept on pretty massively. <sighs> mm? I'm, I just drank some coffee. I think I'm, I'm getting better at making coffee. I was one of my I'm trying to give up energy drinks because I uh I got like 10 TikToks in a row a while ago of people getting heart diseases from energy drinks. I was drinking two monsters a day. Um so I decided to quit the energy drinks and I'm making coffee, but it's it's been a learning curve making coffee that isn't disgusting, in my opinion. Uh, I, I was in Chicago last weekend. And I spent 22 bucks on this this bag of like really fancy coffee beans. I, I don't even know what makes them fancy. They're barrel aged, which I don't know why you pay extra. You have to age the beans. You just put them in a barrel instead of a other container. I don't I don't know. But anyways, it's it's better. It's better than most coffee I've had, but I'm still getting there to the point where I can drink it without making a face. I thought I owed you an explanation, because you're probably gonna hear some during the season. Anyways, the next sleeper is another wide receiver being drafted in the 10th round, two spots before Russell Gage currently, Sky Moore. All right, the the appeal to Sky Moore, it's pretty simple. He has the potential to become Patrick Mahomes' number one wide receiver. With Hill traded, Pringle and Robinson lost a free agency, it's pretty easy to see a path where Moore becomes the Chiefs' go-to speedster. I kind of doubt he will produce consistently, especially early on, 
But in the 10th round, given that weekly upside with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, I think he's a very great pick that people are not talking enough about. I'm seeing more hype about Juju Smith-Schuster, which in PPR leagues, I think he's pretty safe. I think he's being slept on too. But we're talking about who's that Tyreek Hill replacement going to be. Is Sky Moore going to come in and replace him? No. Obviously not. But he has a better chance to being that role filler than someone like me, Cole Hardman, who's shown over the past two, three years that he kind of sucks. So Sky Moore, middle of the 10th round, that potential to become the Chiefs' go-to speedster, and not even the Chiefs, but um, Andy Reid's speedster, Deshaun Jackson, long ago in Philly, that is very appealing. And he's definitely someone that, on prize picks, I will probably bet overs on a weekly in solid matchups. He's the type of guy, one play will win you the week. Up next is maybe the most, most upside, highest downside player in the draft. I'm not even going to say the name. I'm going to start talking and see if you can guess. I think you'll be able to guess. This player has the most upside I've ever seen in the 10th round. However, he could very easily finish as the wide receiver 150 and only play two games. This wide receiver exploded onto the season last year in week five with 189 yards and 10 receptions. Didn't even finish that game. Got ejected because he punched someone. And then he did nothing over the last 13 games of the season. He did get injured multiple times. Multiple body parts. Uh, but he's had all off-season issues too. The team that has him, they drafted him last year. You would expect going into the season, a lot of focus on him. No! Given these off-season issues, they drafted a potential replacement for him. Uh, the upside is insane. And I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, Kadarius Tony. Upside is insane, but he could also do literally, literally nothing. You have to make a choice if you want to bet on the upside. Being drafted 1008, I I find myself in mock drafts more often than not placing the bet on that upside. I don't like the quarterback. I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't think this team is going to be good. But when you watched Kadarius Tony last season, the talent was too unbelievable. And that's where I'm talking. I'm not looking at advanced analytics. I'm saying when you watch his player play, they are obviously better than the rest of the players. And the upside at the 10.08 pick far outweighs the downside, in my opinion. So that's where I'm coming from. That's where I that's why I kind of like Kadarius Tony. I think he's being slept on. I think that we will see his ADP actually fall a little bit. I think Saquon will get a lot of hype. I think Wandale Robinson could get some hype as a return specialist in uh training camps. So I think Kadarius Tony will stay very low. Do I like Wandale Robinson? Not really this season. Um, I think he'll have two, three. Really great games, kind of like Kadarius Tony last week, but in this Giants offense that is so, I, in my opinion, will be so bad, it's hard for me to bet on a rookie there. Anyways, next one isn't as much of a sleeper. We're breaking the trend of the 10th round wide receivers. We're going to a 7th round wide receiver, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks was drafted as A.J. Brown's replacement. He's a physical freak, and he could quickly become Tannehill's go-to wide receiver. The main thing forcing Burke's ADP down is this asthma storyline. He's having trouble 
struggle in OTAs and everything. I think the asthma, though, I think it's a little bit bogus. I think it will have no relevancy once the season starts. I think it's kind of like the Jamar Chase drops. Every season, these rookies have these kind of weird narratives that start very early, usually on Twitter. And by the time the season starts, no one cares. They disprove it early on. Look, the guy could breathe through high school. He could breathe through college. I don't believe that now that he's in the NFL with the best doctors and medical training staff, suddenly he won't be able to play. I don't buy it. I think that's suppressing his ADP lower than it should, and I think he will produce. I don't think the upside is incredible. It's a run-heavy offense, less than stellar quarterback, but much like much like A.J. Brown his rookie year, there will be those games where you see the flashes, and the flashes can win you weeks. He's not someone you're drafting and starting, but he's someone you're drafting and in favorable matchups where it might be pass more pass-heavy than usual. You want to plug him in at that flex. You want to place a bet on prize picks and play him because the talent is there and the opportunity will be there. Now, I do think I should also mention he's not on this list, but Robert Woods, I am coming on to stronger now. I, I, I was worried about the injuries, and I don't have all my worries satisfied or, or uh, taken away, but I've been watching a lot of videos from fantasy doctors just saying, you know, we shouldn't be too worried about the injuries. Robert Woods is a fantastic wide receiver, a reception machine. I think he could have a very good season as well on the Tennessee Titans. You know, 800 yards, seven touchdown type season. Nothing that's winning leagues, but depending on where you draft him, he could very well help you out. The next wide receiver, we bring back the pattern. We're going to the 10th round. If you can't tell, I really like wide receivers late round. It's actually a kind of moral dilemma with me because I love doing the zero RB strategy, but then I also love late round wide receivers. Anyways, um, Christian Kirk, the $84 million man. I'll be honest, I kind of like him in the 10th round. I kind of like him in the 10th round. Kirk is a good wide receiver. He's not amazing, but but he's good. I don't think you can watch him play for the past several years and say he's no good. He's good. He's good enough to be a solid wide receiver in the right role. And I believe that he is in that right role. The Jaguars, they are a team that will be playing from behind, and they will see a lot of garbage time. Think about Amon Ross St. Brown back half of last season. They paid him a lot to be their wide receiver one. The other wide receivers are a little lackluster on the Jaguars, and Kirk, along with ETN, will most likely dominate the target share. If Lawrence is okay at all, at all, I'm not saying massive, I'm saying at all, okay at all, then Kirk should be a top 30 wide receiver. And I don't think it's insane, the upside. I don't think that he's going to just somehow break in the top 24, like people... Uh, had, you know, Jamar, people have been saying, oh, it's a new Jamar Chase and Joe Burton. No, I'm not saying that. But reliable points to get the job done, especially in the 10th round, I like Christian Kirk. It's also a great deep ball wide receiver, which means week to week, there is more upside. I really like Christian Kirk. End of the 10th round. Sue me. I think that's actually a player that I haven't heard anyone talk about. On YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, I don't think I've heard the mention of Christian Kirk except for making jokes about how much money he got, which is ridiculous. But I thought it, it was a good player to include. And then the final one I see very little hype about, 
final sleeper. It's so sad. We're almost done. Terrace Marshall. LSU receivers typically do great things. Marshall was a great prospect coming out of college. And in limited action with a horrendous quarterback, he looked pretty good last year. He actually did. Don't let people fool you. Baker is a massive upgrade from Sam Darnold. I don't love Baker Mayfield. I'm not a massive fan of him. But he doesn't destroy every player around him the way Sam Darnold did. Baker is an upgrade. People hate Baker. Baker last year sucked. Two years ago was very good. If we get something in between, this is a massive upgrade, okay? An upgrade that can make Terrace Marshall relevant. DJ Moore still going to be the one. Robbie Anderson, probably the deep threat, although there's kind of a bit of, of beef between him and Baker. Uh, he was kind of opposed to the idea of Baker before Baker actually signed. Um, but he's being undrafted. I think he's being undrafted. I think he has the upside to become the wide receiver two in this offense, which isn't super sexy, the wide receiver two for Baker Mayfield, but it's better than undrafted. And given the kind of historical um, historical production of LSU wide receivers in fantasy football, I love drafting him as a late, late round, like 12th, 13th round sleeper and holding him and stashing him and seeing if he can follow in the steps of some of his teammates. I think he should be rostered everywhere. I really do. I think Terrace Marshall should be rostered everywhere. The type of thing, don't draft a kicker, draft Terrace Marshall, and then at the end of the draft, you go through your bench, see who has the least amount of upside, you cut them and sign the kicker. That's how. I, that's actually a tip I'm going to give you all. Don't draft a kicker. Draft defense. Okay. We're going to go, we're going to segue here, some draft advice. Do not, do not draft a defense based on who is the best defense. Look at the early season schedule. First one, two, three weeks. There's going to be someone who just has a beautiful schedule. I haven't done the research yet on who those teams are. A good starting place would be to look up the Bears schedule. We can do that right now. Chicago Bears schedule. Um, I was, I, I told you all, I was in Chicago recently and it's a gross city it's a disgusting city i was kind of feeling uh justin fields i was like you know maybe he's gonna be good and then i went to chicago and kind of got grossed out anyways he plays the 49ers packers and texans so this is the type of thing i don't really want to draft a lot of these bears players early because that's a tough season to start so now we're gonna look up san francisco 49ers schedule and hope that they have a pretty good one bears Seahawks, that's the start. And then Broncos, we probably don't want them there. Rams, we don't want them there. But that is what we're looking for. First two games, they should smash against the Bears, several turnovers and sacks. Against the Seahawks, several turnovers, several sacks. You want to draft that 49ers defense. Hold them for two weeks, then start searching for the next one. That is how you want to draft defenses most likely. And then with kickers, the advice I give, if you're in a league with kickers, do not draft the kicker with the last pick like everyone does. Take one last shot at a sleeper. Take one shot at a breakout player or a handcuff. Then when the draft is said and done, go through and find the least appealing, least sexy player on your roster and cut them instead. So it could be... Yeah, here, here, perfect example. 
In this league, I drafted J.D. McKissick earlier than Terrace Marshall and don't have a kicker. In the ADP, everything, J.D. McKissick was a better pick, but I know that there's not going to be a situation where I'm starting him. So I cut him and signed the, the kicker. You see what I'm saying. It's not super complicated. Just a little piece of advice to give you a little more edge, a little more chance at finding that breakout. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please drop a five-star review wherever you're listening. And I want to, once again, thank Prize Picks for sponsoring the show. Go use promo code PROFIT when you play and place your bets on the rookies, the other players, their, their season totals, whether it's touchdowns, receptions, receiving yards, rushing yards. Place the bets. The rookies especially, they lowball the projections. Chris Lave is at like 700 receiving yards, smashing the over. Uh, so go do that. And as always, thank you for listening. I will see you next time.